welcome to Francophiles, a new podcast from the Embassy of France. My name is Camila, and I'll be your host. As you can most likely tell by now, I'm American. My work here at the Embassy, like that of many of my colleagues, is to build bridges between French and American cultures. So if you are someone like me who admires France, but is also at turns fascinated and baffled by it, or if you're a French person who wants to understand a bit more about your country's role in the world, this podcast may be for you. You'll often hear us asking on this podcast, well, what about France? We ask this because our goal is to explore with you the secrets of diplomacy and to help you discover the rich and fascinating work that we do here at the embassy. We'll look at, in the least boring way possible, questions ranging from geopolitical interrogations to daily life at one of the biggest French embassies abroad. We decided to open up our souls and our microphones to you, and we hope you'll enjoy the ride. Today, in our first podcast, we'll have a very special episode where we discuss a very sensitive issue and important issue in our diplomatic life, and that is the crisis of multilateralism and how to resolve it. To guide us in the wild world of international affairs and multilateral issues, I spoke with French Ambassador Gérard de Rault and Stuart Patrick, a senior fellow in global governance at the Council on Foreign Relations and a board member of the Paris Peace Forum. We started by asking Mr. Patrick to share his thoughts on the current state of multilateralism. system is in crisis. Um, and it was in crisis before Donald Trump became president of the United States. But I think um, uh, the, the current administration and some of the forces of populism that he represents have exacerbated this crisis of multilateralism. As you know, many of the major uh, institutions that exist today to deal with, the, uh, with international um, problems, um, from peace and security to uh, economic exchange, were created um, in uh, the middle of the 20th century. And a lot of them are um, basically getting uh, a bit worn uh, at this stage. A lot of them are having trouble adapting to new problems. We have new problems like climate change, for instance. We have entire problem sets that didn't exist even uh, 15 years ago, like how to deal with cybersecurity or really internet and governance. Um, and so they're... The, the system is straining. Another thing that is really straining the um, international the system of international cooperation is the fact that there are emerging powers um, that are asking for a seat at the table and an actual voice uh, in the international system. So not just China, but India, Brazil, and other countries um, who have really benefited over the last 20 years from a, a a real shift in international economic power. So you've got a, an environment where power is changing really quickly. And then on top of that, you have increased geopolitical frictions. Uh, ideally, what we'd like to see would be for the United States and Europe to have common grounds if there do need to be new rules, for instance, to govern international trade or new rules to govern international threats or, or new threats from, say, cyberspace and, and some of the manipulation of cyberspace or uh, some um, uh, espionage with, with respect to the internet that, that, and some new rules of the road in terms of um, cyber war. You would want that basis to be some of those norms and principles to be formulated across the Atlantic. The problem is right now is that the United States, having led 
the international system uh, in many ways for the last 70 plus years is in a sense like Atlas. You having hold it held up the earth for a long time and suddenly Atlas has shrugged and has basically decided that it wants to go home. And the question now is, can you have an international order that's an open international order like the one that the United States helped create with its allies if the United States is actually not leading? So the question is, where is that leadership going to be coming from? And I think that's one of the biggest questions. So in that, what about France? Can you speak at all to sure. um, the role you see France playing? Sure, in absolutely. France has always been extremely important in how the West defines itself and how um, the democratic world defines itself. Um, France has always uh, been a leader in terms of uh, holding to certain universal values, values that are fundamentally French, but then also uh, it believes are uh, uni potentially universal. In, in, in many ways, France has played, and at different times, has played a similar role that the United States has. You know, we have uh, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Independence. Uh, France has the Declaration of the Rights of Man, and it has um, been um, many times and at many pivotal times uh, a, a great, um, in a sense, a beacon for freedom around the world. I think what President Macron has attempted to do um, is to try to um, exercise some leadership in the absence of the United States playing a particularly vigorous role. Uh, France is aware that uh, authoritarianism is in, on the march in many parts of the world, uh, that democracy has been, at, if not entirely on retreat, at least uh, at the barricades, and um, that there, there needs to be some effort to try uh, to reinforce those values of democratic governance as well as global governance. And the, the question that, that that France, as well as other uh, countries, are trying to grapple with is, is how do you restore people's faith in an open world, um, and particularly with the fate of the world hanging in the balance, and for instance, with respect to climate change, at, at a time when, obviously, uh, people are struggling to make ends meet. Um, so you touched on this a little bit, but how does... How does the Paris Peace Forum fit into the general context where there's this mistrust of international institutions? The Paris Peace Forum is um, a, a beacon of hope uh, and I think uh, an opportunity to have on the annual calendar uh, of global affairs. Uh, once a year, the idea is people come to Paris from all around the world. And they don't just come from the highest levels of government, but they also come from grassroots organizations, corporations, non-governmental organizations, members of civil society to come together to try to actually create positive or propose positive reforms or innovations in global governance. And this is the most, uh, I think, striking thing about the Paris Peace Forum, at least in its first edition, uh, which, which was that it brought together not only major world leaders, and of course it benefited in 2018 from being the centenary of the end of the First World War and the commemorations of that, so it was able to assemble uh, those, uh, many of those senior officials, but it also brought together uh, from 
having solicited all sorts of projects from around the world, about 130 different groups to come in and say, uh, look, here are some proposals about how we can advance different aspects of more effective multilateral cooperation. And I think that combination of top-down, the, the statement from, from leaders that we really need to have a more effective international system, system of international cooperation, and at the same time, this sort of groundswell of interesting, inspiring, fascinating ideas from below, I think that combination is actually what you're going to have to need if you get reform internationally. The peace is a complicated endeavor, and it requires, it, it has a lot of different foundations and, and requires a lot of different pieces to go together. But I was particularly pleased with uh, the recognition that peace is something that is too important to be left to the diplomats and the generals of the world. It involves all of us. Now we'll hear from Ambassador Aho for his thoughts on the current crisis in multilateralism. Mr. Ambassador, um, we've heard a lot lately about the end of the liberal world order. How do you feel about this assessment? Well, usually people are always saying that the past was good and that the future is, is, is threatening. And uh, when you look at the reality of the world since 1945, um, you, you, you see that there were a lot of wars everywhere, but in Western Europe and, and uh, of course, in, in uh, Northern America. So to talk about the liberal order uh, would be a bit uh, difficult to understand if you talk to the people in the Middle East, uh, which went through five, six wars since 1945, to the people in Korea or people in Vietnam. Uh, so I, I suppose that behind the expression of liberal uh, order, um, it's a way of saying that uh, Europe, uh, which was uh, the cradle of two world wars and the genocide, uh, really has succeeded to avoid wars uh, for the longest period in its history, uh, really uh, since the antiquity. Uh, but beyond that, I'm not sure that there was a real order. I suppose that a lot of people are talking about it, when they are talking about it, are actually referring, in a sense, to the Western uh, supremacy, uh, to the fact, especially after the end of the Cold War, that the US was the only superpower, uh, was the hyperpower, to quote a French Minister of Foreign Affairs. It's over, uh, which means that we have a rebalancing of uh, uh, powers uh, and we have countries which are able uh, to contest uh, the Western supremacy uh, like Russia, like China, but also Brazil or, or India. So then, in your mind, what does multilateralism mean today? You know, uh, uh, the, the world scene is a jungle. Uh, the world is a jungle, uh, which means that we are living in a world, I'm talking in terms of the states, where you don't have a, a judge, you don't have a gendarme. So when somebody is breaking the law, uh, nobody is going uh, uh, really to bring the, 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 the perpetrator to, to a non-existing jail. Uh, so it's a jungle, uh, but in this jungle, uh, multilateralism or international law is trying to bring a modicum of order. 
you know, when you have uh, problems between countries, confrontations, rivalries, competition, you know, instead of going to war, uh, if you have multilateral institutions, you have places where actually you can try to solve the problem. Uh, so it's multilateralism, you, you shouldn't dream about it. Uh, because, uh, for instance, when you look at what happened since 1945, you'll see that major powers have never accepted uh, that multilateral uh, uh, institutions should have a say in their vital interest. Look at the United States, uh, Afghanistan, or, or, or Iraq. Uh, the United States has always opposed a, a very active role of, of the United Nations. Uh, look at Russia in Ukraine. Uh, or Syria. Russia has always blocked uh, intervention of, of the United Nations. And the same for China in Myanmar or, or, or Sri Lanka. Uh, but uh, when major powers uh, agree uh, to try to find a, a, a peaceful solution to a conflict, a conflict between them or a conflict between other countries, the multilateral institutions really are providing a, a good place but also good institutions, good procedures to try to solve them. So let's not be overreaching in terms of multilateralism. Uh, let's be realistic, but it's, it's, it's quite useful. Now let's look at the, the, the multilateral institutions. The problem is that this, most of these institutions have been created in 1945. So they are reflecting in a way uh, the world of 1945. And uh, uh, so you know at the board of directors of this system, for instance the UN Security Council, you don't have uh, major powers, you know, really like India or Japan uh, or, or Brazil or an African country. So we have also to modernize our system. When you look at the IMF, the Europeans and the Americans have still really a major influence on this institution. So you can understand that other countries would consider that it's not their multilateralism. So we have to make multilateralism more inclusive, uh, more also uh, uh, really open to the, to, to the uh, other countries so they can feel responsible of, of, its, of its functioning. And Mr. Ambassador, what about France in this context? Let's look at what we have done for for the COP21, you know, really the uh, what it's called the Paris Agreement about 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 climate change, and uh, which in a, will has been also reflected by the, the Paris Peace Forum that the President Macron has organized on on Veterans Day uh, 2018. Um, so far, I have talked only in terms of countries. So in in a sense. Uh, what I've presented is the reflection of the very traditional geopolitics of states, balance of states. No, actually there are new things in our, in our world. Of course, you have the, the countries, you have the ambitions of the countries, but you have also now a lot of problems uh, which are going well beyond the borders of one, two, three countries. Uh, you have also uh, new problems which are going also well beyond uh, the, the abilities of the states. Uh, I've said climate change is a perfect example. And climate change, but I could say the same thing about the cyberspace. 
uh, about what will be the meaning and, uh, the, in a sense, the, the, the monitoring and, uh, uh, of artificial intelligence, uh, fighting terrorism. And in this contest, I, I do think that France, uh, which has shown for, for the Paris Agreement on climate change, uh, a, a sort of a way of uh, handling these issues that France should and, and can uh, continue uh, in this way. And uh, uh, trying to uh, associate uh, to the management of the world, uh, to associate all the stakeholders, you know, really, uh, in a sense, going beyond, as I have said, the traditional and unfortunately deadly uh, geopolitics. Thank you for listening. If you were interested in this topic, you can also watch the video from our last French series on multilateralism, featuring Ambassador Avo, as well as Stuart Patrick and Ambassador Victoria Newland, on our website www.franceintheus.org. If you like this podcast, subscribe on our website franceintheus.org, and please feel free to share with us any comments or suggestions you might have. Merci and à bientôt.